You're listening to Martin Wolf's podcast from the Financial Times. I think of it as an oops moment. The US goes into a recession. Europeans believe this deserved punishment has little to do with them. The European economy then slows unexpectedly. The US throws everything at restoring growth. Finally, the US recovers, pulling Europe along behind it. Yet this is not just a slowdown. It is also a financial crisis. What if the solvency of a Eurozone member country came into doubt? After all, spreads over rates on German bonds and the prices of credit default swaps have risen already, the most affected countries being Belgium, Greece, Ireland, Italy, Portugal and Spain. Eurozone members are like local governments. If they were unable to refinance their debt, they would be forced to default or need an outside rescue. True, even the Greek spread of 165 basis points does not imply a high probability of default. The actual rate of interest, 4.7%, is not unmanageable either. Yet markets can shift at great speed. It is possible to imagine a sudden stop on higher-risk sovereign bonds that would force the debt to become short-term, a classic route to a crisis. The apparent elimination of exchange rate risk did not eliminate risk itself. Inside the Eurozone, inflation and exchange rate risks become credit risks instead. So what determines sovereign credit risk? The traditional European approach focuses only on visible fiscal deficits and public debt. This is far too limited. This is not only because it ignores contingent public debt, It is even more because it ignores the national balance sheet, and so the close links between private and public sector balance sheets and deficits. It also ignores the balance of payments. It is often said that the current account does not matter in a currency union. This is true, an exchange rate crisis is impossible, but it is also false. A credit crisis may well happen instead. If a country runs a current account deficit, residents must be selling financial claims to foreigners. If private parties are the sellers of these claims, foreign suppliers of funds must believe in their solvency. If the public sector is the seller, suppliers must believe the same thing. When the domestic counterpart of the external deficit is a private sector deficit, it is frequently a boom in the supply of non-tradable services that drives the economy. Property bubbles are a part of this story very much so in the recent cases of Ireland and Spain, and also, of course, in the US and UK. So what happens if this boom collapses? The supply of creditworthy private issuers of financial claims shrinks, and capital inflows become more expensive or more restricted, or both. Three things will then happen. First, the economy will slow. Second, the external deficit will shrink. And third, the fiscal deficit will rise. The more determined any offsetting fiscal action, the smaller the shrinkage in the current account deficit and slowdown in the economy will be. If a country has relatively weak international competitiveness, an inflexible labour market and an irrevocably fixed exchange rate, the end of the property boom will reduce domestic demand without generating a significant offsetting expansion in net exports. The fiscal deterioration is then likely to be large and sustained. Thus, as the private sector deficit moves into a surplus, the public sector moves in the opposite direction. Ireland's is a dramatic case. 
According to the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development's latest economic outlook, the general government fiscal deficit will move from a surplus of 3% of gross domestic product to a deficit of 7.1% just between 2006 and 2009. Spain's fiscal deficit is forecast to move from a surplus of 2% to a deficit of 2.9% over the same period. Yet Spain still runs a large current account deficit. So the private sector also runs a sizable deficit, forecast at 4.5% of GDP in 2009. If that were to shrink faster than expected, very likely in today's circumstances, the slowdown in the economy and jump in the fiscal deficit would be even bigger. Other Eurozone members running big current account and private sector financial deficits are Greece and Portugal. Meanwhile, Italy, Belgium and Greece have high public sector indebtedness. These six, then, are the vulnerable countries, with Greece much the most vulnerable. So how likely is a fiscal crisis? The answer is that this depends on the length and depth of the Eurozone's recession, a member's initial public debt position, the credibility of its fiscal authorities, its difficulty in achieving improvement in external competitiveness, and, not least, on whether a crisis happens in any of these countries. Panic is always contagious. The decision by the European Central Bank to cut rates by 0.75 percentage points last week is at least recognition of the danger, though surely far too little, far too late. But it is impossible to escape from the central problem, the characteristics of Germany as the Eurozone's anchor economy. For the problem of the Eurozone is not just that it is an assemblage of countries, but that its most important country has such distinct and unusual features. What are Germany's characteristics? It has an overwhelmingly competitive manufacturing sector. It is a chronic surplus country with structurally weak domestic demand, ameliorated only briefly during unification, and it has managed to avoid any housing or domestic credit booms. Its elite appears different to the country's rate of economic growth, even in the medium term. It is obsessed with the dangers of inflation, and it believes that countries that spend more than their incomes are somewhat immoral. Germans claim with reason that their country is a pillar of rectitude, but it can be hard for ordinary countries to live with such rectitude. Of course, the rest of the Eurozone has freely chosen this option, but countries with structural surpluses, such as Germany, compel partners to run the deficits the Germans themselves despise. In present circumstances, those deficits are evidently deflationary, and could lead to waves of private or even public sector defaults. Yet would a member's government actually be allowed to default, or would there be a rescue, and if so, by whom and at what price? It is conceivable that the world will find out. Maybe fiscal federalism will be the outcome, but it might be much messier. Some countries might be very badly damaged in the process. A robust recovery would eliminate this danger. If it does arrive, there is no doubt where it will come from, not from Germany's actions to sustain domestic demand, but from profligate Anglo-Saxons. Once again, Europeans will enjoy condemning the US for its hedonism while taking full advantage of it, the customary win-win strategy for all. Thank you for listening. To read Martin Wolf's columns online, please go to www.ft.com forward slash wolf.